What's up, y'all? It's Steve Ewing here, and I'm hanging out on the Blues Hockey Podcast. Welcome back to the Blues Hockey Podcast. Here's Jason along with Chris. Yo. It's been a little bit since you heard from us, so apologies about that. But uh, life gets in the way, to say the least. Between that and, uh, yeah, like we said, it, there wasn't much positive things to talk about. And I don't think people like listening to uh, the two guys like bitch about the team and say how much they suck. Yeah, it turns into a grumpy old man show. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, you know, that's no fun in doing that. And, you know, I was trying to call it something fun for us to do and stuff. And then I'm just like, you know what? We got the trade deadline coming up. We can talk about that. After the All Star break, we were gonna play. We were gonna record during the All Star game and stuff, and talk yeah. about it. Then uh, things came up, and then all of a sudden, after the All Star game, trade happens. So we're going to talk yeah. about the two big, obviously two big trades that happened. Mm-hmm. We're literally recording this right after the Blues played the uh, played the Avalanche. You can say they played the Avalanche. They were the game was had. It was. Um, I mean, look, I think it's that not, it's going to be rough. They the played as the good as they could. Yeah, we'll talk about it a little sure. bit. But uh, we got the Tarasenko trade. We got the O'Reilly trade. Mm-hmm. Um, how the blues fare after that so that's kind of how this podcast is going to go um and here on out so let's get into what we knew was coming for the last two ish years two plus years basically uh vladimir tarasenko finally got his wish and got traded from the st louis blues yes so um and i would say also got his wish on where he was traded. yeah he got to go with his best friend he even admitted as much uh you know so he gets to go to the Rangers, which we kind of always thought that'd be more than likely the place he was going to go to. I anyway. figured it was either going to be the Rangers or the Florida Panthers with an outside chance of the Islanders. Yes, and the Islanders moved for Bo Horvat, so that mm-hmm. kind of like almost kind of I think killed that, but kind of made it less likely that they were going to go for Tarasenko because they've had, they and they signed Horvat after that yep. for a lot of money. So the the thing that. Um, intrigued me about this trade that came out in the days following it was that the Rangers were ready to pull the trigger on Patrick Kane and Kane balked at the trade and the Rangers like all right well if you don't want to do it cool we're going to go down the street they had it ready to go and then the rumor was they asked for like the um, health update I think because apparently he's dealing with like a hip injury this year yeah and then they kind of were like, for the price it was, because they're going to have to retain, and it was still going to be kind of expensive for mm-hmm. them to do it. And so they kind of circle back to Tarasenko, and then lo and behold, Doug Armstrong decided to pull the trigger on the uh, trade for uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. So uh, a couple interesting notes about this. So we have an old friend return. Yep. Uh, so Sammy Blay is back with the Blues. Yes. So I always like Blay. Good. I thought he was fine. He's a good middle six guy. Yeah, so he'll be a guy in your third and fourth line Yep. Hits guys. Didn't score any goal. Funny thing is, Sammy Blake can only score goals for the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, didn't score a damn goal for the Rangers in the had season. Some in, had some in the minors when their conditioning stint and also in the preseason, but never had one in an official yeah. regular season or playoff game. So uh, a little interesting there. So here is the trade real quick. So they acquired a conditional 2023 first-round pick, a 2024 first-round pick, conditional. We'll talk about that. Sammy Blay and defenseman, very very hockey name here, Hunter Skinner. Very hockey. For 
Vladimir Tarasenko and Nico Mikola, which will uh, that also another UFA out the door. So obviously yep. they didn't think they're going to sign him. To me, Tucker is can be that guy. He's still not agreed, there, but I think he can be there. So I was kind of like, okay, for two million dollars, you can get that out the door, and you can get Tucker for making league minimum, right. and you're cool with that. So uh, they retained half of Tarasenko's salary, which we always talked about that being the case. So the Blues still. Got some cap room out of that, about yes. $2 million, give or take. I think, you know, if you really want to rewind the tape, what you're looking at in hindsight is a Vladimir Tarasenko for Pavel Buchnevich deal. At the end of the day, that's what it kind of turns out to be. Yeah. Because uh, they trade the second round pick they got in that trade originally for, uh, for I don't have it right in front of me, but for somebody for the stretch run last year. Yeah. And then. That didn't work out, obviously. Correct. So basically, they people are saying you trade Bouchnevis for nothing at the time because they didn't have a cap room. So the conditions really quick on the deal. The first rounder is basically the lower of the two picks they have. They have the Colorado, uh, me, Colorado, Dallas uh, first, first rounder round. due to the Niles Lundquist trade at the yes. beginning of the year and their picks. So whichever one is lower. So if they get, which you would think would be the Rangers, you would think would be the Rangers at this point because they, they're pretty loaded, but like we've talked about the East is kind of loaded this year yes. too. So the West is a little bit not as loaded, but and Dallas is playing pretty well, but playoffs are weird things. Agreed. So you never know like Dallas took the Colorado to game 7 last year. Yes, so they it did. played very well. So who knows what could happen with any team this year. Like I said, right. the East has a solid four teams now that I think are you yeah, make for argument sure. too. I mean, let's be honest. I think, to be honest, it's Boston and everybody else. But yeah, three teams behind them that are pretty yes. darn good. That, that are contenders, I think, in my eyes. Yeah. That could possibly knock them off in the series, Agreed. depending on how things go. Agreed. Um, and then the fourth round pick is technically a third. Let's be honest here. Yeah, it's going to turn into a third once New York qualifies for the playoffs, which, which at barring the, a monumental collapse, is going to happen. And according to the uh, money puck as of today, which I just pulled it up, uh, 99.4% chance. Yeah, I so mean, they, they would literally have to just completely self-destruct to miss the playoffs. Yeah, so we pretty much get a first and a third. Hunter Skinner is, as of right now, mm, Going to be projecting as an AHL guy. That's fine. Because you figure we're going to pull guys from the AHL to fill the Blues. you got to have a team on the ice in Springfield, too. Yeah, so he'll pull in there, which is fine. So you have him, and then uh, you get Sammy Blay, who is also UFA at the end of the year, but only making a little above a million dollars. So um, if he plays well, which, let's be honest, he has. And and here's the funny thing I tweeted today, which I haven't got any crap yet, but we'll see if it happens. As of right now, with his goal today – Sammy Belay is outscoring Vladimir Tarasenko two to one. Since yeah, the trade. Funny, doesn't mean we won the trade by any means, or anybody wins the trade. They're I mean, yeah, yeah, I can't know any of this stuff for years due to the draft pick compensation. Yes, so. I, I look at it this way, and I know that people are like, "Oh, you got Sammy Belay? That's all you got?" No, you got a first round pick. Yep, and you're no matter not, where it's at, right? And you're not dealing from a place of power. Everybody who was a potential trade partner for this trade knew that Tarasenko wanted out so you got a decent return but not as good as we'll say the Ryan O'Reilly deal that we'll talk about just because a you had to get Tarasenko to agree where he wanted to go two you still have the recent history of the fact that we're dealing with a guy that's had three shoulder surgeries in four and a half years. Yep. He's one hit away from being out again and maybe done. Yeah. 
depending and, on how it heals. Yeah, we don't know. You know, so I, I think that all things considered, Doug Armstrong got a great return for this. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's better than the Kevin Shattenkirk deal, which was a similar situation where yeah. you you wanted out, you knew you weren't going to have the money to resign him. And I don't. What did we get for him when we sent him to uh, Washington? The, the incredible. We got a first round pick. But the incredible Zach Sanford. Yes, that's right. So, you know, I, I think you look back on this, and obviously New York, if you get the best player in the trade, you win the trade. So the Rangers won, in air quotes, the trade. Mm-hmm. But I think you have to re-examine this in two, three years and see what these draft picks turn into. Or what he does with the draft picks. Right, whether he trade. whether he uses them to draft a first-rounder or he packages them to get an NHL roster player in the offseason. You know, I think that the verdict is still out as far as the long-term, well, what did, how did St. Louis do on this? Yeah, it's an interesting uh, deal. So if Blake comes in, he was on the top line today, had a goal. Uh, so that's interesting to see what happens there. But um, so, and then here's the other thing too with um, Tarasenko, which was talked about. I think Alex Ferrario made a very good point. I was listening to uh, 101 ESPN this week. We don't know exactly what the mood of Vladimir Tarasenko has been since he's requested this trade. He refused to talk about it uh, to the Athletic during the All Star interview. Yeah. So, when asked about it, not once, but twice, he declined the comment. So, to me, he's trying to come off as the good guy to fans. Fine, I get it. It's a PR thing. I'm not. It, totally is. it is. It's fine. Uh, well, that was, was it- yeah, that was right. That was like a couple of days, like during you know they like three days before yeah. the All Star game or what. And the Blues are on a break anyway due right. to the um, what's going on. So yeah, I don't really know what to think of uh, Tarasenko because he gets to New York and I know a lot of people make a lot of this. And you seen him? He's smiling a lot. Like he was laughing, oh, yeah. joking, smiling, and then here he was always seemed like. Not malcontent per se, but just like down. Like he was, he's like, I just want to get out of here. And yes. it's, it's like, I'm just biding my time because he had the injury, which fine. I'm not, I don't know what the injury was, but he came back that for a couple games and like he was not himself. He was still shooting, shooting wide head. They were feeding him pucks. And this is what I think Ferrari made a very good point about. He basically said, you know, he comes in here and it's just kind of this like, like, or around the team. Like, he comes in, like, you know this guy doesn't want to be here. Um, and then you're like, okay, well, he's not happy here, but maybe we'll try to make him, like, you know, more happy. Feeding them the puck, making him because he wants the puck more. You're not getting him involved. Remember when he first got back off the IR, he was on the third line, and then he moved him up slowly, yeah. put him back on the power play unit. And then that one game I talked about, he just shot the puck. He couldn't get on net to save his life. Yeah. And they're feeding him pucks, and it seems like then he's finally traded, and then the Blues win three, and people are like, Tarasenko's a cancer. I don't think a cancer is the right word. I, I just think the dude is wasn't happy. It's just like if you were at a job. If I had a job, I was my job before I'm that and I'm almost I've been there eight years now, but before that, the job I was at, I was when every day and everybody knew on my face I did not want to be there. Sure. But I was doing the job just to get it done and I literally had my I had a boss tell me like, Hey, um, so I know that you're not really happy and you've told me you're not happy here and we've tried to we tried a couple of things, so let's get through this uh, year-end stuff and get through this tax season and stuff, and then we'll just call it. So basically he's like, oh, we're going to fire me in three months then yeah. if I don't, you know, if just because I seem like just a malcontent. Well, you know, I and luckily I got a job moved on, but, like, sure. you know, 
now, but I think that's, but affects people around you. And and then all of a sudden it's like the air is thinner. You can breathe. And I think that's what happened with this. Absolutely. And I think the difference between Tarasenko last year and Tarasenko this year is he is now. Uh, I think the difference between the, the two this year and last year is that, you know, last year the team had a pretty standard level of success. Even if you're not on a team that you want to be on, winning cures a lot of woes. Uh, so you know it was like last year he scored a bunch of points. The Blues are scoring yeah, a bunch, and yeah. everybody's like, "Oh, look, he is all happy." Yeah, look, stay. I will say, I'll be the first to admit, I did not expect Tarasenko to have the year he did last year when they kept him, and they're like, "Oh, he, you know, he said he's gonna, you know, be professional." I was like, uh huh, uh huh, mm-hmm. and he, he proved me wrong. He was great. But I think that that's always in the back of the head in the locker room of like, this guy doesn't want to be here. Mm-hmm. Now you come to this year, he still wants out. The team's not winning. And you could see it in his play and his demeanor that I don't want to say Vladimir Tarasenko was mailing it in, but you go back and watch those last five games that he played for the Blues yeah, and watch that first game he played for the Rangers. Score on his first shift. It's a different dude. Yeah, uh, he was leading the rush on that that goal in in New York. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that is just the weights off his shoulders. He can put the whole thing behind him. It's done and it's over. And I think the same thing goes for the St. Louis Blues. Like you were saying, like whether or not he was difficult in the locker room, and there seems to be reports that he wasn't necessarily the best teammate. But whether that's true or not, I think after a season, you're just kind of like, dude, if you don't want to be here, then just approve a trade somewhere, anywhere. Get the hell out. Yeah. Um, so, you know, th- this game today was the first game they've lost since they traded him. Yeah. And I think that is due to the fact that Everybody's it's, not, down. Yeah. it's not looming over their heads. I think the combination of the fact that they knew one way or another he was done at the end of the year, combined with the fact that this team was not playing good, combined with the track that, the fact that trade rumors started swirling a month ago, people were just kind of like, just make it happen. And I'm sure to an extent, now I'm sure they miss him much more, but I'm sure they feel the same way about the Ryan O'Reilly deal. Yeah, so we'll wrap up on the Terry single thing here. So he finishes up with the Blues at 31 years old, drafted 16th overall. If you remember that draft year, that yep. was the Jaden Schwartz and Tarasenko year in 2010. So 11 seasons with the Blues total, which is crazy. Like, he doesn't seem like that long. Like, it's no, weird. No, it doesn't. It's weird. So uh, 262 goals, 291 assists, uh, 185 penalty minutes, and 644 regular season games. So 60 points. And six penalty minutes in the postseason, so he, he was always a postseason guy. Like yep. he was played well, and it just you know finally happened in 2019. He played well there through bad, like a bad shoulder. Then you know sure. and still worked. I mean, out. I I think you look at the 2016 run and the 2019 run, and especially leading up to both of them, leading up to the 2019 playoffs when the Blues had to go on that insane stretch of games. People talked about angry Vladdy. When he got angry, he was a machine. There was nobody more driven than him 
when you got him into the, now I'm going to show you what I can do mode. Remember that game against Nashville where he single-handedly destroyed the Nashville Predators yep. on national TV? Mm-hmm. That, was, that was just not the anniversary. That wasn't too long ago. When no. He, he scored the overtime goal and stuff like yep. that. Yeah, so um, – so yeah, it's uh, like I said, it sucks. Like I like obviously behind me, and obviously nobody can see it besides Chris. I have like a huge Tarasenko jersey. Sure, and uh, yeah, I get it. Everything's a business. Maybe that's why. Like I've I've always been uh, when the video games come out for NHL. Growing up, I was remember being so excited in NHL '96. Not only because it's new video game, but you get to trade guys. Yeah, and that was my thing. Like I was like building teams and stuff like that. So I think I've always been on that side of the coin of like I like watching playing hockey. But, like, building a team, I understand, like, sometimes you just have to move on from certain guys. Yeah. And that's kind of what had to happen here. And also with, uh, you know, Tarasenko, O'Reilly, and Achari to a degree, too, because you, you signed him, and he resurrected his career here. That dude's going to get a nice little contract Yes, now. he will. He had a great year. Yeah, you so. know what? I think it's harder when you're a kid. Because when you're a kid, you look at these guys as larger-than-life figures. Yeah. You know, they're, they're almost like real superheroes. And when you get older, you start to realize that, like, hey, man, it's a business. You know, I, I, I remember having the conversation with a lot of people when the David Backus thing happened. Mm-hmm. And people were like, well, you know, if he wanted to, he could have just taken the Blues deal. And I'm like, he could have. Mm-hmm. I was like, what do you, and I'm like, what do you do for a living? And he was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm a plumber, we'll say. I'm like, okay, so you work for company A. And they're paying you, we'll just use round numbers. Yeah. $20 an hour to do your job. If company B comes to you and says, hey, man, we really like how you, what you do. You've had a lot of good recommendations. We're going to give you $25 an hour to do your job. Yeah, for next, we're going to give you an extra year or two. Right. And that's basically what the back is. Are, are you going to stay with the company you're at just because, man, they were really nice to me? Or are you going to go take that extra money? You're going to go take the extra money. And also, um, athletes have a short amount of time to make money. Yeah. Not every athlete can yep. move on to a uh, like an announcer career, um, a career as a front office person yep. or a scout. There's on the ice. There's always you know twenty ish guys. Yeah, like not every single one of those guys is going to move on to do something that's going to. Not everybody can be Joe Sackett can move, or Steve Eisen move to front office be a GM. Um, so yeah, Paul so, Bissonnette, who's turned into a pretty yeah, good yeah. Front, uh, analyst. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I don't want to hear the well. We're talking about guys making tens of millions of dollars. That's irrelevant. Yeah, it's irrelevant. I don't care if we're talking about. A guy who's choosing between working at McDonald's or Taco Bell for an extra two dollars an hour, or free agents in sports who are you know talking about hundreds of millions of dollars, it, it, it's the same argument just on a much larger scale. And there's not a person in this world who's going. I shouldn't say that. There are people who will probably take, you know, well, I want to stay here, and. I think that to an extent, David Backus probably wanted to stay. I think that Ryan O'Reilly probably would have liked to have stayed. It wasn't Ryan's choice. But in the point, in the point I'm making is like in the point of David Backus and any of these guys. Petrangelo. When, yeah, next Petro's that. another one. When change comes, it's hard to turn down that money, regardless yeah. of what you've accomplished here. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, it it sucks because you want like it is loyalty. And you Albert Pujols in baseball, so another. Bit. Yeah, I mean, he that dude won literally won a World Series and literally went to yep. went the to next year West Coast. Yep, and for ten years, 
Yeah. Right? 10 years. Yeah. 10 year deal. And still came here and look, everybody welcomed him back and everybody was pissed for a long time at him. I was only mad at him because of how he left. And I think to a degree, and we don't talk about it uh, because it's never been reported as fact, but I think Petrangelo kind of did the same thing. I think his mind was made up that he wanted out. Yeah. There's been so many mixed things where I've heard different people talk about it and then, um, some people who think they're in the know, which I, yeah. I, I know that I, so I just take everything to grain of salt, no matter what it is. There's rumors that he was trying to milk every little thing out of Armstrong. And then he was going to wait to the first day of free agency. And then all of a sudden he saw the Tory Krug thing come across and said, Oh, and Vegas was going hard on him. So he's just like, I guess I'm going to Vegas. Well, again, That's, and I really don't believe that. Cause I think he's had, had Vegas pit. He had, that I, for, remember, there was rumors that Vegas was tampering, and the yes. Blues are really close to well, filing for tampering. Haven't charges. there also been reports that he had basically said, "I think I want to try it somewhere else." And he said that in the interview afterwards. Yeah. He's like, "Sometimes it's like it's a new challenge for you to go on a different team where you're not used to the right. surroundings and stuff." Which that could have been just hockey talk or I, whatever. You but. know, I don't blame Armstrong for pulling the the trigger with Krug. You know, at, at some point, you have to do again, like we talked about, you know, him finalizing this O'Reilly deal while he's sitting at a table with O'Reilly and a Make a Wish kid. Yeah, the business is the business, and there weren't that many top level defensemen available in that free agency class. And Krug was the number two guy. Yeah. So if you don't think that you're going to sign Petro, you got to make the move. And I don't blame Armstrong at all. And you made the move for Justin Falk, which you're hoping that, and then you hoped like Pareko. So you had like the pieces in place that you hope would, everybody would elevate up because then you got the guy on the left side, hopefully elevate the guy on the right side. And also you didn't plan on Jay Bowmeister having a heart cardiac event and not being around for the last couple of years of this contract. Correct. So there's a lot of things that just happened, unfortunately, yep. and it sucks. So, so Blues, and I'm going to ask you another question at the end of what we talked about the O'Reilly thing, which sure. brought up a really good point. So O'Reilly, late last last night on the 17th, funny, it is the 12-year anniversary of Eric Brewer getting traded today. Wow. So apparently Doug Armstrong likes doing trading guys around mid-February. Well, he's never been a deadline dude. He always done a little bit before. And- I'll go back to the Ryan Miller deal. Like, that was rumored forever. And everyone was like, like, it was going to be a deadline deal. And then all of a sudden, like, what? three days, yeah. Like, it was almost a week before, wasn't it? And he he pulled the trigger. Armstrong is not a guy he waits. Who waits? Like, when he gets the deal he wants, he does it. Yeah, because he said, like, injuries play a factor. Absolutely. Yeah, so so O'Reilly late, about 9 o'clock-ish, you know, central time. Um, I was hanging out, and then all of a sudden, you get the alert. Actually, Playing video games with a friend, and the friend said, "Oh crap, O'Reilly just got traded." And I didn't didn't have my phone yeah. sit next to me, and all of a sudden I turned it out, and yes, he did. So the so the rumor plus all these places are the exact places that we've thought these guys were going to. Yep. So O'Reilly, and credit to Doug Armstrong, this came out a little later on via I think Carlo Coliaco actually said this. Apparently, Armstrong worked with O'Reilly and said, "Hey, I don't ha- he doesn't have to, but he respect him that much. Where do you want to go?" And if, if that has the best deal, I'll try to make it happen. But there's no guarantees. Right. And he said, I'd like to go to Toronto because since he grew up a couple hours outside of Toronto. Sure. And guess what? He made it happen. He didn't even do that. He could have said. He could send him to Arizona. Or Anaheim or whatever. Yep. He could have sent him to where, you know, wherever he would little heart desired. And he still made yep. that deal. So I thought that where a lot of people are trashing Armstrong right now online, I say credit because as much as he doesn't do the human side of things that much when he does deals, that was 
you know, commendable in my well, in my in my opinion. It, it's very commendable, and you're right. You know, O'Reilly had no protection in his contract that you know there was no like you have to submit a list. Like he could go wherever Doug wanted to send him, and I think that that shows the level of respect not only for the person but a level of respect for, for what Ryan O'Reilly accomplished and brought to this team. And, you know, he said in his press, press conference today, I'll never shut the door on any player as far as a return. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% positive he returns, but I think that short of, you know, the, the time... Somebody for, giving him a blow-away offer. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I look at this... A little bit less favorably than I do, like the Doug Waite and the Keith Kachuk deals when we treated them as rentals. Yeah. I think everyone knew a hundred percent they were coming back. I wouldn't Man. be surprised if O'Reilly comes back. I wouldn't be surprised if he stays in Toronto. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to the market and lands a huge deal. Yeah, I'll say this: for what Toronto gave up. I kind of expected there to be an announcement of an extension today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But if there's not, I don't think they sign him until after the season. And if this team doesn't get out of the first round, oh boy, he ain't staying. No, he ain't staying because he don't because they'll have to move pieces and he's the easiest one to jettison. He just, yeah, he just UFA just let him go. Yeah. So, and then that's because if they go out of the first round, because Toronto literally pushed all their chips in the management-wise, too, because management is on the last year of their contracts, too. Oh, yeah. Kyle Dubas and uh, Brendan Shanahan. So it, they're basically saying, we're going for it, because they kind of, I say mortgage the future, but damn, they gave up a lot. So I mean, that lineup is ridiculous right now. Center-wise, it's ridiculous. You have Matthews, Tavares, O'Reilly as your top three centers, and yeah. then you have a very good uh, David Kampf as your – fourth line who's yeah. playing third line all year so yep. not too bad so the blues get toronto's first round pick and a second round pick in 2024 yep and then along with ottawa's third round pick this year so you're talking ottawa who's not that great either you if ottawa can keeps playing the way they are that's a higher like for me the third round pick is almost like a could low, to second. A low second yeah. so that's not bad at all uh they also get uh mikhail ambarov and adam gaudette uh, but they also sent Achari along with the deal. So sure, that kind of was, and you, they re, and also they retained part of O'Reilly, which was which was going to happen. But Minnesota also took part of the cap hit too for a pick. Yeah, so another pick that they sent. So they basically traded four picks in two one prospect. Gaudet is kind of a journeyman type yeah. of guy, so that's not a not a big deal there. Abramov is a guy who was on their top ten prospects for a long time and kind of fallen off this year. So he's twenty one though. So who knows? And that guy turns right. it around. I'm not saying a superstar by any means, but hey, if you get this guy to be a decent NHLer, maybe he comes in the third line eventually. Sure, great. If not, okay. Right. You main the main target is the first round picks at this point. And I know a lot of people were bitching about this because I saw somebody put online, and also a friend said this. It to him is screamed rebuild over retool. And I was like, mm, yes and no. I mean, a, I get it because you're basically getting. I think everybody wanted the prospects to be like because I was wanted Matthew Nyes. That was the guy who I sure. wanted because he plays with Snuggerud and that's their top guy. To me, I'm like, if you get that guy in a first rounder, you win. But yeah. they don't want to be in a first rounder and two other picks, right? So, not every first rounder hits. Not every, you know, sometimes that third rounder hits and plays very well. Look sure, Krill, Krill Kaprizov, I think, was a third rounder. Yep. So you never know. Basically, right. is what I'm saying. So. 
so real quick, so the which trade to you signifies end of an era? Is it Vladimir Tarasenko or is it Ryan O'Reilly? I think it's O'Reilly. And that seems that seems to be kind of my feeling too, but go ahead though. I think Tarasenko was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Like that was the deal that had to be made because he was going to walk. He wasn't coming back. The O'Reilly one, by by all sentiments that you hear from the O'Reilly camp, wanted to stay. Wanted to take a deal. And wanted to take stuff. a deal. And I'm not saying that it is the end of an era because he could come back. But I think that is the one that signifies the Blues are thrown in the towel for this year. Yes, and the hit by the play of today, like I just kind of watched snippets because I was I watched about half the second and the third. You could just tell, like, well, they're also playing the Stanley Cup champions, and they they, they were out definitely outmatched, yeah, for sure. And then Bennington looked great again. I thought, and I think that's going to be the saving as much as people are kind of complaining about that. I think people are like me. I was like, I think you have a decent forward base. Like you kind of have mm-hmm. your Thomas, you have Kyrie, you have Bushnevitz, Saad, Shen. You have that right there, and you can build off it, and you can. Maybe bring in a UFA guy or something like to help out the top six. Bolduke, probably another two years away. Same with Snuggerud, I would say. But you never know. Snuggerud's made a huge jump this year. If he keeps progressing, you never know. But yeah. um, the O'Reilly won because I think it's like to Blues fans, as much as Tarasenko was the guy who's been around for a long time, we we're hoping he would bring us a cup. That's the guy who brought us a cup is O'Reilly. Like that yeah. was that was the face of like this is the guy who got us a cup because of the, he got the Con Smythe. Sure, he played amazing in the playoffs. Um, you know, there was the big trade in the off season. Yep. So I think like I think the casual fan sees Ryan O'Reilly as that's the guy that's brought us to prominence. Yeah, compared to Tarasenko, who's that. been here a long time, and I think that's part of the reason Tarasenko was kind of like he wasn't named captain. He was mad at the doctors. I think the captain thing is it plays a bigger role than he will ever admit. Yeah, and I think he just felt he wasn't – and I think that's part of it. And everybody was talking about Ryan O'Reilly. And if Tarasenko didn't uh, ask for a trade, it might change my opinion on it because then it's just you're getting rid of a guy due to like age or whatever. Agreed. But I think it's a guy who's basically wanted out for a couple years. You and, had to make that deal. And you had to make the deal. Like, if you didn't have to make either of these deals, I think it would it would suck. Like, I think the Petrangelo one is the beginning of how this all came down, like the downfall of everything, because, unfortunately, the defense just didn't work out. You had to make moves. Then you lost Perron because you had to short the defense with Letty, which is fine. It's part of whatever that's the business side of it. And then, unfortunately, the construction of the defense wound up being just not great. Too many puck movers, not enough, and not enough progression out of Pareko to be – an elite guy, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so the Blues selling off. So now it's time for um, the watch to see what kind of pick they get. I think I that's agree. I think that's why, kind of what you're looking at now. It's Bushnevitz left the game today. Is hurt. I saw Sod is already out. Yeah. So you're losing two more, two more, pieces. two more pieces. So you're literally having, and it looks like Brown got a, like a low hit earlier on, so he yep. might be hurting. Um, they did call off Alexandrov and Highmore. I mean, no offense to those guys. That's, they're not, they're not, they're not needle movers by any I means. Mean, look, but. this team is going to finish the season as best they can. Doug Armstrong made a comment that he wants to see uh, how the team reacts. And he quote, he said, this was a quote, I know the difference between compete and quit. 
And then he went back and said, I shouldn't have said quit, but you can tell when players are playing their best and when they're mailing it in. Yeah. And I think that that's what you want to see. I think you need to see the players like Thomas and Cairo take that next step. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jordan Cairo now is 100% the focus for defense. Yeah. They're they're not going to there's no Vladimir Tarasenko for them to double. There's no Ryan O'Reilly for them to double. It's him. Bushnevitz is hurt. Yeah, you know. he's going to be the focus of every defensive top line. Yep. So, you need to see you need to see that. Uh, two things that I wanted to bring up that are that are very telling is that with O'Reilly being dealt, we are getting ready to have our fourth captain in eight years. Mm-hmm. That's that's a high turnover. Yeah, you go back to Bacchus leaving at the end of the sixteen season. Petro then. Petro leaving, and now O'Reilly being traded. Mm-hmm. I don't think the team names a guy the rest of the season. I think they I think, they, I think they said that it wouldn't be named to the end of the it said end of the year, but I think I end of the season I mean off season because yeah, you never I, know what's gonna happen in the off season. Yep. I think you'll hear who the captain is August, September. Yeah. They like he said I explained this, I think that's the best way I can explain how this works now. The blues are in a trilogy of movies right now for the rest of the year. Yes. This is part one. This, yep. is, this is the setup like you're trading guys, getting picks, and doing whatever. 100%. Your Empire Strikes Back is going to be the off season, the draft. Yep. What happens there? Do you trade guys? Do you trade the draft picks for guys? Do you just draft all the guys? And the third part is the uh, UFA season. I agree. And maybe trades there as well. And then that's the conclusion. The August 15th, like Armstrong said today, that's going to be your... That's where you grade. That's where you're like, okay, Armstrong did a great job. Armstrong did an okay job. Well, he didn't do much. And right. it looks like we're in a rebuild. That's when that's going to be all telling. So if you he drafts all those guys, say he keeps all those picks, three picks he keeps, drafts guys and whatever. And off offseason, the UFA, he doesn't bring in too many guys. You know you're full on, all right, in we're, we're in a rebuild for a couple of years. Hopefully, all these guys start coming up soon, and then you can get another high pick. Um, I have one last trivia question for you. Go for it. I am looking at the roster from the Stanley Cup championship team. There are now there are one, two, three, four, five, seven players left from that team. Can you name all seven? Mm, that's a, a, Sammy Blake because he's back. Yep, so that's gone easy. and back. Gone and back. So that's an easy one. So, obviously, Pareko on defense. Yes. So, obviously, on defense, you didn't have those guys. Didn't have that guy. Bortuzzo. Those are your two defensemen. So, that's it. So, obviously, goaltender is Bennington. Yep. That's four. So, forward-wise, then you have Shen. Yep. Two more. Um, Thomas was there. Yes. And you don't really count Kairou because he's like a black ace, per nope. se. And Bushnevis wasn't there. He wasn't there. He wasn't there. He wasn't there. Sunquist wasn't there. He was there. Who was in there? Ooh, man. Hang on. I'm going to get it. He may be crossed off before the end of the. Uh, oh, Barbershop. That's right. So, I'm yeah, Barbershop. Yeah. Wow. So, and that's the last one that we're going to talk about before we wrap things up, kind of there. So, <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, let's do real quick grades on. Let's do Tarasenko grade, then O'Reilly trade. Uh, grade on the Vladimir Tarasenko. Like, for what he just got. I mean, obviously. B, I, I, but again, like, I don't think he could have gotten. Much Anything that would have been a, an A, yeah, yeah. So I, I was there. As, I know ESPN gave them a C plus. Yeah, um, I think they're more because they're down about the prospect part of it. Which I sure was, I get that's, it. That's where I was down about the deal because I'm like, man, they have a they have good a chunk of, of guys, yep. and 
I was like, why couldn't they get Robertson? Why couldn't they get this guy? And I'm like, well, like you said, they're handcuffed. They got it first. Yep. So I kind of said, okay, you roll with that. So I raise it to like, I say like a B, B minus yeah. for me. It's just, it's, you got it. it. Sucks to see the guy go. But you but know what? You close the book and you can finally move on. Yeah. And which I think was happening, which I was like, and then kind of they're playing these three games where, let's be honest, the Arizona game, they almost blew. They're up five to two and still yeah. almost blew it. And you're like, well, crap. But then played great against Florida. They like, played fantastic. And then the Jersey game, I was at the Jersey game, like, out the, the two defensive zone giveaways that led to goals, you're like, well, that was kind of crappy defense. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, but they shut down the top line. And, oh, Jack Hughes didn't play. But still, like, they shut down everything. O'Reilly did great. And you're like, yeah. well, maybe. They're six points out. They, you know, guys got games in hand. And I'm like, well, they do a little run here and there. And you never know. And then this happened. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, this sucks. But I get it. I Again, I think this is the difference between a team that has finally won a cup and one that's still chasing their first cup. Yeah. I think if you're chasing the first cup, you have to try to make the playoffs. Yep. You have to. Yeah. Whereas now that you've had one, I think, and again, I'm not saying that the fan base is okay with losing. I'm not saying that the ownership group is cool with losing because Lord knows they need the revenue. Yeah, especially Valley Sports going under. But it, it, is it worth pushing in to make the playoffs when you see nothing from this team that tells you they can make any sort of a deep run? So you're going to get at most three more games at home for revenue. Yeah. And then these guys can walk and you get nothing in return. That's the business side. Yeah. And then the other part of it is, uh, I said it and I just lost it. But anyway, but yeah. So the grade for, then the grade for Ryan O'Reilly, I flat out give it an A. Yeah. Same. I think it's, it's a great return. You got three draft picks, which I, I'll be honest, like, cause he had such a down year. I was like, and you're because they're just going off pedigree right now, which is like he, yep. with what he did in the past. So I'll take it. And we, but move ESPN on in St. Louis was uh, talking about prospective trades that they had said uh, earlier in the year. You ain't got to lie, Craig. And and they they had mentioned that they thought the uh, perfect fit for O'Reilly was going to be Toronto, but they expected them to send back their 2024 first. And everyone at ESPN was like, no, if you want it, give us your pick this year. The 24 draft ain't the 23 draft. We got five picks in the first three rounds in a very deep draft. Yeah, I'll take it. So that's the end of the day. Uh, hand the mic over to him since he showed up. Our friend hey, Justin buddy. just in. Hello. How are you? I'm, I'm decent. Yeah. We're going to share. We're going to share these. We're wrapping up, so you can just give us your quick thing before you spill stuff all over my place. Hey, you know what? You invited me over. I did. I did invite you over. Anyway, real quick, grades on the Tarasenko trade and grade on O'Reilly trade. Um, Here's what I think. I think you you traded two guys that were over the age of 30 and some other stuff, and you have three first-round picks. A-plus overall. Five in the top three rounds. A-plus. Oh, yeah. Uh, Let's see if I can – I had something I was going to pull up here. Yeah, so give me the official grade because I like having official grades on stuff. What's your official grade for My official grade is A-plus. On both? Uh, total. I'm gonna give it. I'm going whole pack. So say say plus on cross yeah. the board here. Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to give. There was a breakdown of here's here's the Blues picks per the uh, cap friendlies for the next two years. Uh, so this year, this draft 2023, three first rounders, zero second rounders, two thirds. Let's be honest, because that's move. That's gonna be moved up. Then one yeah. the rest of one fourth, one fifth, one sixth, one seventh. Next year 2024, one first, two second, one third. It says two fourths, but we know that's going to get moved up because the Rangers are making the playoffs. Sure. So you're talking two thirds, then one across the way down. 
ain't bad. And I don't think it's done. It, I, I think Barbashev gets moved. There's people first. who think that they can get a first for Barbashev. That's what's going around. Man, I, if he does it, if he gets a first rounder for Ivan Barbashev, then I, I will build the statue to Doug Armstrong. I'm happy with the second. Uh, because the rumor going around was a first or a second and a prospect. Okay. So, um, well, because it's part part of it is like things are getting thin out there, and sure, they, I and, get and, it. And his cap hit because, like for example, Jonathan Taves, right, ten and a half million dollars. Ivan Barbashev, two point two five. No, I look, I get it, but let's also consider we're talking about Jonathan Taves, Ivan Barbashev. Oh, a guy, and also a guy who controls his destiny, guy who doesn't control his destiny. Right, that's the other thing too. So you can ship him wherever you want. Right. So I think. I don't know. The teams, dude. Who's, do, they who's, do weird things for around this time of year. So who's winning? Nick, the, Nick Foliano got a first round pick out of Toronto I mean, last that's year. That's true. So who's winning the suck hard for Bedard sweepstakes right now? Uh, is currently right now the Anaheim Ducks have just due to points percentage. All right, has fallen. Let's right. let's play this game. Ooh, I like this game. Would like you trade all three picks for whatever? Not all three. Okay. Would you trade? Two, your top two first round picks. Let's say a fifth overall, just for where they finish. Let's say right, just for a hell of a for, for their pick to have a legitimate chance of getting Connor Bedard. Because you got to figure you're going to have to make this trade before the actual lottery. Oh yeah. Because if they once the lottery happens and they get number one, they ain't trading it. Yeah, as much as people say, I'll give all three first rounders. You're going to get Bedard. No, you're not. Not necessarily. That's, that's a no. I'm just saying, like, like. Let's say the after positioning's done. Oh yeah, no. Like whoever not. gets that number one ain't letting go. Yeah. It, I, it, I, this I is laughing. like this is like Edmonton getting number one and everyone going, I wonder if they're going to draft McDavid or Eichel. Everyone in the world knows they're drafting Connor McDavid. Yeah, and it's one of those would things. You, would you would you push two of your first rounds to to Anaheim for point, their number one? You traded for two guys that weren't gonna be here anyway. You I, I keep one. Obviously you keep they want one of the higher yours, obviously you sure. Suck. Trade then, them I would say trade them yours. And Toronto's keep the the Dallas or New York pick because that's yeah. going to be the middle one. All right, so just looking real quick as of today, the Blues are now twenty fourth overall in the league. So that means we have the eighth pick. I say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. ninth pick. Excuse me, due to my math there. You but, can only move up three. But correct? Philly is literally one point behind us. Montreal's two points, four points behind us. Arizona's nine points. So, I mean, you're talking. It's doable. It's doable. Especially now that we have not nobody. Let's see. The fish, just to give us a – we have the same amount of games played as Columbus. Tell me, Columbus is winning it right now. Okay. Anaheim is just behind them. <laughs> points percentage is pretty bad. Uh, 38 points to, to our 55. So that makes that, if you do the math, 17 points. Uh, that's going to be pretty hard to catch. Right. But if they can get in the top, like, five-ish – and pull like what New Jersey has done the last couple of years, where sure. New Jersey was like sixth, seventh overall, and then they won the draft rally and got up to like number two. I'll take the Fantanelli kid. Yeah. So let me ask you this: Would you be willing to trade, let's say, Jordan Cairo, something beyond picks, like one of your more recent first round draft picks, like Snuggerud or one of those Bull guys, Duke, one of those guys, if you could get. If you could get Bedard, obviously, I think I that's mean, a you, done deal. If you guarantee them. Yeah. For the chance? Nah, chance. Not but for the chance. Okay. If you told me right now, and this is just because it's just how I am. If you told me Kairu, our first, that's like a fifth, let's say, overall, and another prospect, which is whoever you want there, for Bedard, yeah. 
Sure. Oh. I don't know, man. Dude, I have a real no, problem. No offense, but against according Jordan Kyrie, I think Bedard is. Oh, for sure. Above that, I don't think anybody would argue with that. I just have a real problem trading a known for an unknown. I know for that much stuff. I don't know. I think as deep as this draft is, I if we finish top five, I would one hundred percent package like our number five overall, or our our lottery pick, and you know Toronto's, which is going to be lower, won't be a lottery pick, and let's say. Screw it. Colton Pareko mm-hmm. for whoever's that's going to be at least a top three every day. Oh, yeah. Every day. That would be interesting to see what they can do because um, we just talked about before you got here, Justin, that the uh, article that came out today for the athletic from Rutherford about the trade mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. Sure. According to Rutherford and his sources or whatever, that, that obviously he, Armstrong's not done, but he doesn't mean Barbashev and Grice is a possibility. He means that our, he's heard the quotes blowing it all up in Whoa. quotes. Um, and Pareko is one of those names that's got thrown out uh, there by him. I mean, Pareko's contract at this point is like a freaking albatross around the neck 5, of this, yeah. this team. For it's just like eight years, seven years after this. It's one of those things, too, like I was thinking about on the way here. Like you, It's one of the things you look back and like you can't really blame him because he was playing so well and showed so much promise that you are stupid just, if you don't try. and jumped off a cliff the last two years. You don't try and s- – have that guy for as long as you can have him. And the eight-year deal is like the new thing in the NHL. So it's not it's like it was. spread it out so it's a lower yeah. cap. It, and so. so, I mean, you can you got to think the Blues were doing that in the hopes that he would keep progressing like he seemed to be. And he just hit a plateau and just. And now, I mean, even the At last. We've talked about, too, the thing with um, Pareko is. What's the word that we were talking about? When you start dating somebody and then you become like the doppelganger. So, yeah. So you always take the traits of that person there. Pareko is like that guy. So like when well, he when he has a defensive partner that's really good and sound, Jay Bomeister. He was very sound and played well. I, they and haven't minim, put him with minim, scrubs mi- though either. No, no, no. But I was saying like when things are going bad though, like let's say sure. like like we said, I know like I know your opinion on Luddy is different than mine, but Nick Luddy obviously isn't Joe Jay Bomeister on, no, on the not def- at all. on the defensive side. Correct. Like better on the offensive side by a long shot and skating wise. About the same, probably. But I think having somebody who's defensively sound next to him, it like rubs off on him so to a degree, and he's like better. Like I, I don't, don't know think what it is. I don't think you're wrong. I I don't remember what game it was where um, I was listening to the uh, ESPN 101 post game show, and they were talking about. Pareko, and he had had another rough night where he was minus three or four or whatever. And they were talking about, you know, someone called in and said, we just, we got to find another Jay Bowmeister type guy to pair with him. And so I called in and I'm like, you know what? Everyone in the league would like a Jay Bowmeister type guy to pair with him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let me just put something out there. He's been paired with three or four really good NHL defensemen since Jay Bomeister left. So, what's well, it? Like basically, Krug, Nick Letty. Nick Letty. Mikola has been mixed yep. in there as well. And I think Mikola was the best result of everybody. Yes. Too. And, and there's always the same problem, which is, well, you know, we just, we got to find someone to, to help cover some of these deficiencies. Number one, at what point do we acknowledge the common denominator in all these things is Colton Pareko? Mm-hmm. And number two, I get that the plan was 
for this guy to ascend to become a true number one. He was never going to be a Chris Pronger type, but maybe a Chris Pronger Jr. Yeah. He's the smallest playing big man I've ever seen. And and at some point, you have to acknowledge that true number one defensemen or or solid defensemen make their partners better. No one ever worried about who you were pairing Al McInnes with or who you were pairing Alex Petrangelo with mm. or who you were pairing Chris Pronger with. It was just put someone on the ice and he'll take care of the rest. And remember, remember, remember if you can remember who Chris Pronger's defense, who when he won the heart, who his partner was most of the year, Jeff Finley. Who the fuck's Jeff Finley? That's what I'm saying. I was saying, like, you know, like you look back. Like, and that's the point is like at some point we have to uh, we have to shift the focus from, God, we got to find the right partner for Pareko to maybe Pareko's just the problem. Yeah. Maybe he's a above average to good defenseman who had his problems masked by a fantastic defensive guy in Jay Bomeister or Alex Petrangelo. Yep. And yeah, I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head. I have nothing to add to that. So, uh, just- I am, apologies again to Mr. Pareko. I'm sorry that I called your son a soft bitch turnover machine in game six of the second round when you were standing right in front of me and I didn't realize it. But you watched the game, same game I did and you know what your son did and you've seen what your son's done all year. We can lose or we can win six to five and your son's a minus four. Minus five the other day, by the way. But go ahead. Uh, Pareko is he's fascinating because I've talked to both of you about this before. Uh, the, uh, like, if I have anything with Doug Armstrong that I would just love to like shake out of his brain, it's this penchant for getting what I call the soft big man, which is like a thing that I do not understand. And if you remember, like Patrick Berglund was my favorite one. I my called boy. him Charmin because he was my big boy. and soft. And it was the same thing. It was like, you are the biggest dude on the ice. Like, not even by a little bit, yeah. by a bunch. Mm-hmm. And Pareko is the same way. And, like, you look at all the skills that he has. Like, he's got a great shot that he never uses. Yep. He's got a big body that he doesn't really use. He can skate like a motherfucker, and he does do that. Yep. But he also passes it to the other team. A lot. A or, significant or amount puts of puts it over the glass. A Either lot. way. So then, at that point, I mean, and his defensive skills were never really his big, you know, strong suit anyway. They were hoping those came into their own. And that's during, the, during the cup run, he and Jabo were a shutdown pair. Yeah. But again, how much of that is Pareko and how much of that is Jabo going, I got this, you go over here and I just stop you, this I told guy. You, doppelganger syndrome. So then for me, you look at the total composition of this defensive like unit, and I think I don't know, it's just weird one because I don't know how often they've actually all been together on the ice for the entire season. Tori Tori Krug likes to like keep hurting himself or getting hurt, however you wanna phrase that. But, yeah, it's just kind of fascinating because, to me, when you look at it on paper, like, they seem like a lot of the same dude, whereas I don't think that's been so much the case with past Blues defensive units. It's been a little more balanced, like you guys were saying, between skilled guys and, you know, less skilled with the puck scoring guys, but more solid defensive guys. And so I don't know if Doug Armstrong was really hoping, like, that part of other people's games were going to balance it out. Because I think Letty's probably a better defensive defenseman than Pareko for sure. Um, but he's also not like as good of an offensive defenseman as Justin Falk. Yeah. He's a hell of a skater, that's for sure. He can do that, and he can score. Like You've seen it, and when you see it, you look at it, and you're like, Jesus. But, I mean, if you look at Tori Krug, you look at Falk, I mean, they're also 
in their attitude and play style, also kind of the same guy. And I also think that's kind of collectively the problem with this team is that I was well, I was not upset that we did not sign Perron because I like Doug Armstrong and have, have am very averse to players over the thir- the thirty year old mark. I think it just like drops off a cliff. And so I don't think you necessarily needed to sign him for the money that he got. But I think the thing you're missing from a David Perron is the energy and attitude that nobody on this team brings except for, uh, oh, who's the defenseman guy? Bertuzzo. Yeah. I think he's the only guy that you could see that. Because he's cheap. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, and he's the only guy I see that's out there that really has. Shen does. He can turn it on and off. Shen will play like that. But Bertuzzo's kind of that guy where you're like, he's a little crazy. And Perron was like that, and he was more of like the, the the fly flying around you and annoying the shit out of you guy, you know? Correct. And I think that's what's missing on this team is like an energy attitude guy that can kind of lead the team by causing the other team to just lose their shit. And I don't think we have enough of that edge that Perron and that type of player presents. And... I've always said I wish Bertuzzo would be a forward because I don't think he should be a defenseman. I think he's got – like, like I, I don't think that his skills anywhere really matter. Like, I think if you put him on forward, he's not going to be any worse than he was in defense. Not that that would ever – it would never really happen. But I just think that he's the one on that team where I see, like, he would, like, okay, I'm going to go take out XYZ guy because – just because. Just to get the team going. But I don't say that for anybody else. So, to me, it's a team of, like, similar attitudes and similar mindsets, and there's just nobody that's, like – going to take this team on their back and go, all right, guys, we're down four to nothing. Let's go kill some people. You know, shit like that. So, Well, and, and I think the other thing you see, and you talked about it in the Arizona game where they damn near lost, is this team doesn't have the defensive pairing that can protect a lead. Like, no lead is too safe. Not to quote the Coastbusters, but no job is too big, no price is too big, no lead is too big. Like, mm. the we let a lot of teams into games that they shouldn't be let back into. Yeah, like Arizona one was definitely one that they shouldn't have been let. With that much time left, they should have been just rolling through them after that. It was 5-2. to two. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it is. end of the day, it all sucks. Like, the team's going to suck the rest of the year. But at the it end does. of the day, but at the end of the day, like. I don't think this is a ring the death bell, like bring out your dead thing yet. Like like we said earlier, this all depends on what Doug Armstrong does at the draft and in free agency. Yeah, um, I wouldn't doubt him. Honestly, this might put him back in the Chikrin talk. Yeah. Um, But also you have to move on. To me, you have to move Kruger-Luddy. You have to because, like, if you're plugging in Chikrin, you got to. Or Pareko. Or Pareko. Like, whatever you're doing, like, you got to have – because Chikrin's left-handed, so you got to, like – to me, the righty-lefty setup is always perfect, but there would be something there. My last comment, and I'll say it because I'm sitting here with the guy who I split season tickets with, is I dare you, St. Louis, I dare you to raise my ticket prices <laughs> next year. I, I dare you to do it again. Like, I'm fine with, like, you know, you, you win every – like, they go up a little bit, and then you go up a little bit. But, like, last year when the playoffs came and you told me it was going to be $10,000 for playoff tickets and I told you you could eat it, I dare you to raise my ticket prices after this season. I wouldn't wouldn't doubt it. I got to make up that revenue, that Bally Sports revenue. Man. We didn't even talk about that because that's boy, just – Oh, boy. Yeah. We're not, we're not going to talk about Bally Sports. Bally Sports is I awful. can only hope that, like it's, – it's funny because they're, like, universally hated. They're kind of, like, on the AT&T um, Sunday ticket level of hatred because they're all – they're, like, they're, like, as inept as that, which is kind of amazing. 
Like to the point where, and this is no secret to these two guys, but I'm a Detroit Lions fan, and apparently it's so bad in Detroit that all the Detroit teams are talking about creating their own app and streaming service which, that they can put all their own stuff on. Which New York has their yeah. own. What, what's, what's it called? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, so. I, I see that as 100% being a thing, and then everybody employs their own like guys. And I don't even know if guys would travel. It's like, oh, when Tampa comes to St. Louis, like Kelly and Pang will do it, and then it will just be broadcast on both. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't doubt if that's going to be a system. I know MLB is already planning something. Hopefully NHL is getting into gear because they had an emergency meeting, and when Bally's missed the was $140 million payment they missed. Oh, I mean, and cutting back to the original – part of this conversation mm. another thing i wanted to say was like it, blues fans are tend to i think part of the problem is that you, you're traded perron you traded o'reilly and you're trading potentially barbershop who are like guys that are kind of beloved in the fan base yep. and when that happens people tend to freak the hell out right oh, yeah, for sure. but this is not a team or system or organization that is devoid of talent like immediately, right? We're not talking. I mean, if you look at this team, even without O'Reilly and Tarasenko, who have both been out for the most part for the last month and a half, this team is still filled with legitimate scoring talent. Today was the first game they've lost since they traded Vladimir Tarasenko. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I mean, Jason knows, and I don't know if he used him or not, but I sent him the Ryan O'Reilly stats from like the first part of the season no. right before he got hurt, and they were, it was staggeringly bad. Like I knew it was going to be bad, but it was like minus twenty six bad. Yep. Like he was objectively the worst player on the team. Statistically. Funny. It, it's statistically, for Fun, sure. Funny. I've had other stats that now that uh, one of the guys on Twitter, uh, Jay Fresh is one of the guys who's the player mm-hmm. cards. And so he did a little stat graph of like where guys fall like with the because of their line mates. Mm-hmm. And Ryan O'Reilly was, I'm doing, if you do a grid, the far left corner, and it's because his line mates were bad. Yes. He was doing fine, but his line mates were bad. So they're yeah. basically saying – if he gets good line mates, which he might in Toronto, let's be honest, he didn't have crap line mates here, and it's just no. what the line mates were doing here. Right. I think, well, and one thing I didn't realize, just because I'm not a guy who pays attention to this because ADHD, but I didn't realize that him and Perron were on the same line for, like, forever. Oh, yeah. And so, like, going from Perron to going Perron to Cairo, who is a different deal altogether, is a, I can only it's – why, it's why when he would, like, when it, the other team would score and you'd see O'Reilly kind of on one knee on the ice looking into the camera, like – Somebody come save me. I don't know what's wrong. That's I, I think that's what was going on. Is like, and also being a Detroit Lions fan, um, I, what I see in this team is something that happened to my team this year in football, which was their defense was awful. They immediately, after one game, fired the defensive backs coach because they had a game plan that didn't happen. They were like, we're going we're gonna to hit the receivers at the line, and then for whatever reason, nah, we didn't do it. After that, Defense was great for the second half of the season. And they talked about the fact that guys were not doing their job, so they couldn't trust other guys to do their job, so nobody was trusting anybody. And that's kind of the vibe I get from this team, especially on defense, with the problems that we're talking about with Pareko, with Krug not being around, with just the you know the team not being as solid as it has been and organized or as much of a unit. Like I think there's just guys that don't trust other guys, like O'Reilly and Cairo, like if you're those two guys are like polar opposites in how they play the game at the speed they play the game, mm-hmm. and so if O'Reilly's not has no idea what Kyrie's going to do, I don't know that Kyrie has an idea of what Kyrie's going to do like forty percent of the time. Mm-hmm. That's what I see with this team is like a guys that don't trust other guys to do their job, 
So they're trying to do other stuff, overextending themselves, getting out of position, which I think leads to like the backdoor goals, which are like the new, the hip new thing this year. <laughs> We'd love to give up. So I, that's what I think has to be rebuilt on this team is like, do your job. And I think you've seen that the last three games, like you watch them play and it's like, oh, oh this is real well. hockey, yeah. position hockey. You know, uh, Bennington's not sliding across the crease like a crazy person. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have to. Doesn't have to right. So that's what I think is missing. I think Barube is one of the things Barube hit nails every time he talks about it. And it's one of those things, like, as a fan, you're like, I know it. He knows it. Billy Idol gets it. Why doesn't she get it? You know? And it's like, he's just an easier thing that's said and done. Because once, once you get over that hump where it's, like, just sliding downhill, guys are trying to figure out any way individually that they can make up for whatever's lacking. And then guys start trying to do too much. And it goes, it explodes. All right. Two last questions, and we'll wrap it up here. So we're shooting about an hour here. Um, so as of right now, the Blues are in 24th place overall. So going to the nice um, percentages on what what percentage do the Blues have a chance of getting number one pick? Then is how that works. What percentage? Yeah. What? Well, I'm just saying I have it in front of me. So I would say six percent. I might look at you go close. Uh, 24th right now, five percent. So they uh-huh. go up to 25th, six, 26 percent, six point five. Honestly, the best they can do because they're based so far, unless they literally go like. Seven and twenty the rest of the way, which who knows what else is out of the question. The best I think they can get up to is probably like seven and a half percent, maybe eight percent, eight and a half, which is the number eight and a half is twenty eighth overall, which would be a one, two, three, four, fifth overall pick, which is what I was saying they want them to get. So if you can get to there and you have eight and a half percent and you have the fifth overall, uh, that's not a bad. A wise man once said. So you're saying there's a chance. There is always a chance. So <laughs> always bet on black. Yeah. So that doesn't that doesn't require this one. No, 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 not this time. No. That's how they decided to pick. That'd be amazing. So at least at least at least during the playoffs now. Now we kind of have like an interesting thing to look at. Like now the entry draft when they do the like numbering during the playoffs. That's always like in the middle yeah. of the first round or whatever. At least we have a vested interest now. Sure. Compared to before, we were always like, oh well, we had the Blues to do maybe in the playoffs. Uh, well, this year. You get to watch. I'll probably be watching honestly the East a lot because obviously East two, is stacked. East is stacked. You have the Rangers in Toronto now. Uh, all right, I saw a picture. O'Reilly took number ninety, the first player in Toronto, which is weird. The first uh, player in Toronto, Maple Leafs history, wear number ninety, which interesting. You thought it'd be uh, more than that, but anyway. Okay, well that kind of sucks, but anyway, let's we'll leave it there. The Blues have twenty-seven games left. Um, I don't know. It's not going to get pretty because they're going to play Ottawa tomorrow. Uh, real quick, Bushnevitz is not traveling with the team. He's injured. Sweet. Krug is traveling. Yay. Yay. Um, He'll be there for a period. Uh, uh, Logan Brown is okay after that hit today. No. He'll be traveling with the team. No, Logan. Tory Krug is going to trip with the baggage claim in Ottawa and be injured. Yeah, it's highly possible at this point. But um, I, I mean, yeah. look, he, get, he he didn't get hurt a ton like the first like season and a half he was here. I this think year, the, this I year's think been kind of like the Ruby ever since comical. And also. I was watching it at Chris's house when we watched it happen in the Colorado game where they took out Bennington. Yeah, and then Tory Krug decided I'm gonna kill that guy and literally Just injured him. himself. Yep, and I was watching it and I go to Chris. I go, did Tory Krug just hurt himself trying to kill somebody? Yep. And we're like. That's exactly what happened. Ever since then, it's been like Tory Krug can play for a month, maybe. Well, the Blues are. Let's see. They get they get that top five pick. One, two, three, four, five. Be Vancouver at forty six points. We do play Vancouver in two weeks, so there is a on the schedule in three weeks where we play three teams that are directly below us in the standings. Well, if we, we could, play, we play we, Vancouver this Thursday, don't we? Yeah, oh, this coming Thursday. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. So like we have them. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So they. So let, um, let me ask you this real quick before we go, because I want you two guys to look. Mm. have more knowledge of this than I do. Given Doug, Strong, Doug Armstrong's, like, just knowing what he's done in the past in your brains, do you think he's more likely to trade the picks for someone who is existing in the league? Because it was interesting. He made a, a point today of specifically saying that he needed a base of, quote, 26 to 27-year-old players that were, like, the younger yeah. end of things for the base, which I thought was interesting to, like, literally say that number. So I'm wondering if he's thinking, because there's so much talent already on the team, is it smarter to take a couple of those picks, some combo of whatever you end up with, even yeah. if you trade more guys, and pick up a higher-level player, or do you go for, like, a Bedard like you're talking about? Uh, I think it's going to depend on where this team finishes. I think if there's a shot to get a top five, he holds that pick. I don't think we're going to use all three of our, of our first. No, runners. I think he'll hold our pick because it'll be high, and you're going to get, like, a high-end guy, which is what you really need at this point. Um, no matter who it is, a forward def- defense is kind of like down on the list this year for this draft. There's a lot of high end forwards, so you won't be seeing a defenseman, which is kind of I say That's nice, I think nice because the, the last two high picks we had was first and fourth, and those are defensemen. One worked out pretty well, obviously in Petrangelo. One really didn't work out. So it'd be nice to have a top pick in the top five. Hopefully, fingers crossed, and you get like a really high end forward that's young and exciting. Um, I could see them trading Toronto's first and somebody. To maybe get a Jacob Chikrin or someone else who's young on the defensive 24, side. 24, yeah. So he is a couple I mean, years look, low, low end uh, money, too. Look at the New York Rangers. That team is stacked with young people on defense. Yeah, and they're not going to be able to sign everybody there because nope. if they decide to sign Tarasenko, that's going to eat up a lot of their cap, too. So that's, I mean, if he can somehow dump on the contracts and have a little bit more money freed up, who knows what he can do. The last two times he's acquired first-round picks just for what happened, which is why I think he's going to do something, was we talked about earlier, the Shattenkirk deal. Yep. He used that pick to package Latera with two and two first, their first-rounder and another first-rounder to Philadelphia for Braden Shen because they yep. were lacking on a decent second-line center. He got Braden Shen, and then Shen threw the puck halfway down like a football. And um, pass. And first game. Can't do that. And then after then after that, so they had a couple. Of, they had, the next time they had a down year, yes, a down year. That's Which when was they the year before the cup they went out. It was two thousand eighteen. They they just missed the playoffs by a point that year. Yeah, it was the last game against Colorado. And they traded Stastny, and they got a first rounder. They traded that extra first rounder for Ryan O'Reilly. So to me, every time he's got the extra picks, he's done something to like upgrade his team. Hopefully, he's able to do that. Um, if this is my like far like NHL 223 deal that I hope happens. I really hope New Jersey gets Timo Meyer because they're going to have to pay that dude a lot of money. Yep. And they're not going to have room to pay a guy named Jesper Bratt, who I really, really like. And I've said it many times podcast. If he is available, that's a guy. And if you re-sign O'Reilly, your second line is Shen O'Reilly Bratt. That's my NHL 23 trade uh, thing that I would like to happen. It ain't gonna happen. But uh, like, if if I was like playing that game, that's what I would hundred percent. Outside do of Chickering, who do you target on defense? Because let's be honest, that's up until this week when we jettisoned two of our top three forwards. Defense was where we were lacking. Yeah. So outside of Jacob Chickering, where do you look? My two like like once again fantasy deals that I have eyes on because I'm massively bored all the time and just look at cat friendly and look at things. Um, Calgary sucks right now, which you can't explain it because they have so much talent and they got that huge deal and they got guys from yeah they the made Kachuk a good trade. deal they with the Kachuk they, deal. 
Huberto is going to have his lowest point total since he's entered the league this year. Yep. He's going to make $10 million, so you definitely don't want that. And he's going to be above 30. So, like I said, that's not what you want to do. Um, the, guy, the guy they got is Mackenzie Weger, who is all the defensive metrics, really good. But then everybody says he makes one glaring mistake every game in the thing. I'm like, we already have a guy like that. Yep. And he makes two. Yeah. So, if we got to make it only least. one. That's an upgrade. And he plays better on defense. Okay. And he signed for and he signed for six million and he's and he's one one year one or one year younger than Pareko. So do you ship Pareko for Weger possibly? Maybe if they want to ship things, I trade things up. If you can get anybody to take any part of that contract that belongs to Pareko, well, because Weger signed for eight years. As so here's well, my so question, my real quick, for two guys that I'm just thinking about. In a world where we have all these picks and we're using Jason's NHL 23 analogy mm-hmm. uh, for pie in the sky trades. Is there a situation or thing we could trade to get uh, Brady Kachuk from Ottawa? I don't think so. He's my, pref- not, he's my preferred it's not, Kachuk. It, as, much as, as much as I'd like to, and this is, this is my logical side on kicking in, they're trying to sell the team. Like you got to have yeah. somebody on the team that's like a star. It didn't stop the Blues from selling everybody back in 2004. Well, that doesn't mean – I mean, hell, <laughs> They Hell. sold Demetra and Pronger. They were legit having the, oh, my God, we're having a fire. Sale. Sale. Oh, like, I know. No price was too low on that team. That was Chris Pronger for Eric Brewer. Oh, I remember. But, as, but also, Dylan he has – I would Dylan, love Dylan Larkin, but I think Detroit is going to be stupid if they don't just say put whatever number you it's want. Weird to on that, this because check. Detroit looked like they had a really great off season, and like Huso's been, he's gotten to the point like this year he played really great. Remember, everybody was like, "Oh my god, Huso's great." Bennington sucks. Beginning of the year, um, Huso's kind of fallen off, and it's just overuse, and he's yeah. just not used to it. So the guy will build up, and I'm sure he'll be good down the line. I had heard that Detroit but, uh, was talking about moving Perron, and Bertuzzi's definitely gone and stuff like that. That's a guy that's. Eh, like I'm fine. Dylan Larkin is. A, if you're not going to bring back O'Reilly, to me, there's no second line center. Nothing against Braden Shen, but like I Shen, I like him on the wing. And then if you're low on centers, you can shift him around. Or yeah. if you're having problems, you can move Shen down to your third line and move him around and whatever you need to do. One guy. Right now, if they bring Prawn back a fifth time, you better start wearing your galoshes to the games. Uh, yeah, he has one more year, so we'll see what happens. But uh, people right now are trying to figure out what that joke means, and they're going to get it eventually. Be like, you know what? Second thing. <laughs> anyway, uh, also Oscar Sundquist is a free agent. So yes, oh, there you go. Trap, bring back. Yeah, Let's that's go. High, highly possible. I mean, Brube loved him, so Brube I I wouldn't. Torchinko on the same line. It's gonna man, oh man. put a fourth line. You never know. No other thing is Nathan, Nathan Walker, but there's a couple of guys. Let's be honest. There's a couple of guys. There's, there's a couple of guys in this team where Nathan Walker, Australian mm-hmm. for bad. He this guy's just he's, he's, he's not bad. He's just okay. It's just like you're just not. It's not hey, I don't play in the NHL, so I shouldn't be saying anything. Yeah, else. what am but, I talking about? But at the same time, like there's just guys that are on the team right now that I'm like, man, you okay. probably shouldn't be playing at this level right now. But they gave him a shot this year. He yeah. was always that guy who he'd come up and he'd do great things, and, and then, then he'd go back down. Yeah, same with Logan Brown. Like come up and play, play like three or four great games, and then just kind of be there. My thing with Logan Brown is um, he's he's I, the he's the not as used as doesn't have the biggest contract. Patrick Berglund. Same guy. Well, Big body, won't use I, it. I think that Supposed to be talented. Bur- doesn't really do it. I think that Brown can be a serviceable third-line, fourth-line guy. Okay, there you go. However, is he ever going to live up to being a, a first-round pick from Ottawa? Overall, no. Hell no. No. But that's fine because we didn't draft him that. Yeah. We got him for nothing. Zach Sanford. Yeah. Yeah. 
So is he a better Zach Sanford? Yes. Yes. Zach Sanford currently in the minor leagues for Nashville Predators after getting waived. But he'll be available next year. Great. Yeah. That'd be one that'd be tremendous. We ran back uh Zach Sanford. So well we're just BSing now. So we'll see what happens. We'll try to record another one because we'll probably do one close to the trade deadline, which is March third. I think so. So yeah, that's a day after concert. So yep. I'll be off. So we can probably record. And then we'll see what happens. So Barbershev, more than likely out. Grice has a decent shot, I'll be honest, depending on if somebody needs a goalie. Um, yeah. And then the out of left field trade that's apparently everybody keeps talking about might happen. So I think those are going to happen in the offseason. That's just me. I agree. But I but I do see that happening, though. If Doug, if Doug Armstrong doesn't let stuff leak either. True. But if there's like – but we had inklings of stuff so far. We're like, oh, O'Reilly might was probably going to Toronto yeah. and then uh, Terry Singleton to New Jersey or New York Rangers. I mean – yeah, if I was Ivan Barbashev, I wouldn't buy any green bananas here. Yeah, but um, there's probably something else too. Yeah. Also, real quick, back to the defenseman thing you talked back for like five minutes ago. When we were talking, and I just had one more in my head. Um, the Rangers obviously going to have a cap problem coming up for sure. For sure, and they got a lot of D uh, phrasing. And um, <laughs> but uh, the one guy that I do like is a uh, Keandre Miller. Yeah, that's a guy one that was a draft that year, and they wound up drafting. Um, Bo, I think it was Bolduc. Well, he's a guy. Said. He's got a little edge to his game. Like he's one to of me, those. Like, he has a little bit of offensive skill, but mm-hmm. he's more like it, he's a nice balance. He's a Jay Bomeister guy where he plays a great two way game and then just like, no. but he won't get you a couple goals here and right. there. But he still can yeah. skate and stuff. And so, so that's a guy I would love for them to go out and get. But I, like once again, NHL twenty three. Like I, I don't think them letting him go. Would I have to remind myself and other people about this all the time because it's still amazing to me. Honest to God. Uh, these guys on this team, like Cairo and Thomas, is twenty four years old. Yeah, Jake Neighbors is twenty. Yeah, he looks fourteen. Yeah, amazing. Like yeah. it's crazy. It's yeah. I guess so I mean, like, time to grow with the and see what happens. Like the age of having a veteran team is now like been the page is turned. Yes, officially. So it's you know it's time to just uh, now move on. Now it's officially Thomas Cairo, Bushnevitz. Bushnevitz twenty six, so he's not like. Yeah, he's not either. that much older. So it's one of those things where I look. Spuchnevitz is always my favorite player because he was the first, his second game of the year. He had but a dude, had but a dude, just because. And I'm like, and also, and also, like when they do social the stuff on the socials for the Blues, and they have him do stuff, he's so awkward and hilarious. Like it's, it's like I'm like, you're the best. And like anyway, so all right, we're gonna wrap it up there because we got some uh, other things going on. So uh, if you can hold us on the Twitters, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. Chris is at at Hossapalooza, and uh, we got Facebook and the Instagram is at Blues Hockey Podcast, and also our website is BluesHockeyPodcast.net or .com. Either one will get you there. You can find all our socials there. You can find every single podcast we've ever done there. Uh, which happy anniversary, Chris? We're at our nine yeah. year, we're nine year anniversary. Crazy. Yeah. About this time. Maybe we take. can get more people to rate us from our family. Yeah, get our family to rate us and uh, listen to us and not be the original Blues Hockey Podcast. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dick. Anyway, um, so sponsors real quick, Lucky Lola's. Uh, Chris's favorite is the uh, – Oh, you know how much I love to rub my salmon. So, Chris's salmon rub along with the uh, jalapeno sweet heat. Check those out at Kenrick's, uh, Fresh Time, and I believe also at Schnooks now. I believe you can yes, find all that stuff there, I too. I saw it today. Yeah, so get all that stuff today. 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 Uh, next, our favorite. I was there on Thursday last this week, uh, Rockstar Tacos uh, at the Gaslight Lounge, uh, 4916 Shaw. Yep. Open Tuesday through Saturday, 5 to 10. 
uh, it's going out great there because I saw that they just uh, all the specials they had going on. Plus, uh, not doing sauce. online. Yeah, new sauces had the apricot for destruction, which is fantastic. Killer, name. fantastic name. Uh, you go check that out. That's going to be available at their. I believe it's available now. Yes. At the uh, if you go there, at bottles the for you to buy now. And then eventually it'll be out at stores. So yep. when that information's out, we'll let you guys know. Let's so go check them out today. And finally, last but not least, Alter State Comics. Go check them out at six seven one Big Ben Road in Manchester, Missouri. They're open uh, six days a week. Uh, I know they're doing stuff for the big Ant Man and Wasp uh, Quantumania thing at the Alamo Draft House this weekend. Nice. So go check them out. Um, yeah, go check all your comic needs and any kind of Funkos, any kind of collectibles there. Go check them out. So, uh, well, thanks for everybody for listening. I know we went long because we haven't done this in a long time. So, do you know what we're here, six like days away from? March. Specifically, something next Friday. No, twenty fourth. No, next Friday is the twenty fourth. It's my dad's birthday. It so. is also the release date. For the best movie of 2023, shut down the Oscars. Cocaine Bear. Cocaine, Cocaine Bear hits theaters. So there's our sweeping we'll, the Oscars. I'm calling it now. All right, we'll uh, we'll do uh, we'll have a Cocaine Bear uh, review session on the on the next one during our uh, we'll do trade deadline slash Cocaine Bear review at the end of next one. So perfect. Sorry guys, at real spoilers, we'll have to jump in on the uh, yes on the movie reviews. So well, thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time. See ya.